Ladies and gentlemen, and gentlemen like to be ladies, and ladies like to be gentlemen, welcome to the Electile Dysfunction Podcast. I am your host, Ashton Cohen. Now, before we start, please give us a like and subscribe to our show to keep getting some great content. This is the Electile Dysfunction Podcast with Ashton Cohen. Way more interesting than anything you're listening to on NPR. Probably less exciting than what you're watching on OnlyFans. Bruh. We're going to talk about the issues that really matter. Our country, our economy, the Fed, QE, GDP, BTC, NFTs, AOC, the CCP, Cardi B, Yeezy, Yellow Socks, Iran, Joe Biden's dementia, and probably sex robots. We stand for a free and open debate and exchange of ideas. And if you disagree with anything we talk about, you are a racist and no better than Hitler. What? Let's get started. Welcome, guys, to the another episode of the Electile Dysfunction Podcast. We are joined here today by a f- good friend of mine. His name is Kevin. goes by the name Kave, the, lef- the leftist blacksmith. Kevin, thanks for uh, coming on. Thanks, Ashton. How's it going, man? <laughs> let's, let's, um, let's start off with the the uh, events that seems to get a lot of attention every five years or so. And that's uh, definitely yeah. dominating the airwaves yeah. today with the uh, Israeli and uh, Palestinian conflict. Now give the audience a little bit of background. So you were, you were obviously, I suppose you consider yourself a socialist. Is that, would that be fair to say? You know, I'm more of an anarchist. I would okay. say I'm more of a Noam Chomsky. Let's just yes. say a Chom- let's just say a Chomsky. A Chomsky. Okay. Okay. And uh, just to be clear, I don't care much for his e. I would say his electoral politics view. Mm-hmm. I like him more on his philosophy of politics. Mm-hmm. You know, he's always kind of like the he's like the blue no matter who kind of type. And when it right. comes to elections, I cannot stand that. Right. And I I just like his kind of idea on how he explains and talks about politics. So I really I've really been inspired by him, especially when he was calling out. A lot of the media propaganda back in the day, mm-hmm. Iraq War and all that stuff. Mm-hmm, so, you, mm-hmm. know, you know, you know, manufacturing consent stuff. You know, so for sure. And one of the, one of the interesting things, uh, and I think the audience will will uh, pick up on this is that we, you know, I I have more, <clears throat> it's a conservative, yeah, libertarian leaning viewpoints on on most things. <clears throat> Excuse me. We actually have a uh, quite a overlap in some of our opinions on things which is quite interesting yes. the one we don't though it seems to be the uh, the israel palestine stuff so let's um yeah. let's jump into that now so tell tell me your assessment of the situation basically my thing is is that i was always kind of like a pro-state two-state solution kind of person mm-hmm. i was always like yeah okay you know that's going to be you know leading to some sort of it'll lead to some sort of like coalition where you can get along and everybody's going to kind of Okay, you know, both sides are just going to be in the same, you know, kind of same region. But now it's just Israel has just bombarded everything in that whole region, has created settlements, forced all these uh, Palestinians to go into Gaza, which I don't think is fair because it's such a small strip of land. And, you know, the partition plan was created and all this stuff was like, okay, well, you know, you know, Israel gets 60 percent and then Palestine gets 40 percent and it's you know, slowly gotten less and less in Palestine. And, you know, Israel, I don't, I'm, I'm not the kind of person who's like, Israel is not allowed, is not allowed to exist. Israel is not allowed to like defend themselves. No, everybody has a right to defend themselves. Mm-hmm. But it's just a matter of like doing, it's like an overkill. So what they're doing is an overkill. And that's what they really did in 2014. And Barack Obama allowed it. Right now, Joe Biden is allowed it. 
You know, so these are all very neoconservative, in many cases, neoliberal views that are pushing for Israel to be allowed to do what they do. And I don't definitely don't think it's just Trump's fault. I definitely don't think it's, you know, Obama or Biden's fault. But it's more of a matter of just like creating a situation where you can live within Israelis and you can live within Palestinians. And that's it. And that's just coexist together, just like everybody else in America does. Mm -hmm. Everybody else in every other country does. So what do you at all? We'll, we'll get to my view on everything. Yeah. And uh, what do you think the what do you, what do you think? First of all, is the the main impediment to peace, and what do you think the solution would be that would be amenable to at, at least the Palestinian side? Yeah, the biggest impediments I would say are it's just not a recognition of either side. So one side is like screw you. The other side mm -hmm. is screw you. And you can't really come to any kind of, it's just, it's, I don't know what, it, you know, I think that the issue was that you had this situation where obviously there was a lot of, there was all these Jews and, you know, they were, they were obviously dealing with Nazi, you know, Nazi Germany. And then that, you know, that was, that, that was taken down. And then they were just basically created this area that all of these people can live. And I think the Palestinians are like, listen, this was our land when we initially came. So we were born here on this area. And it just seems like Palestinians are upset that all these people were put into this area without their consent, essentially. And they feel like it's their home and they were brought into this area that's not those people's homes. It's our home. Now, again, if you want to come, if you want to come into it in, in a kind of a diplomatic way and be like, okay, we'll share that land together. And, you know, you guys obviously had that situation with Nazi Germany and you were forced out of there. You have to live somewhere. But it's just, I just don't think it was the most thought out position. And the best solution is, is what I said. You have to try and just coexist. You have to try and recognize that both exist. I definitely do not think Hamas should be representing, mm -hmm. uh, representing so, Palestine. That yeah, is a yeah. terrible, yes, terrible, absolutely. terrible okay. solution. Right. However, however, you have to recognize that the reason that Hamas is there is because they need somebody to, to defend them. You know, they need somebody there to represent them. Now, again, that's not the Hamas is not the ideal, obviously, person, ideal organization or terrorist group, whatever you want to call them, to represent them. But a lot of these situations happen because you allow you allow the bombardment of Gaza. You allow the bombardment of all these areas where the Palestinians are living and bringing those settlements, all that stuff, and not treating them like, uh, you know, first class citizens. You treat them like second or third class citizens. They get pissed off. I'm like, okay, I'll go to the nearest person that's going to be like, here, here's a gun, here's a bomb, here's a grenade, whatever, here's a rocket launcher, and I'll let you, you know, join my group so that like, you can fight back against those terrible, evil, you know, Jews and Israelis. And that's, I think that's the mentality. And that needs to, that needs to be addressed so that both sides can at least come to a point where they're like, all right, we can coexist when we can get along. Let me tell you uh, why, why I would suggest you're wrong. So we always have to go back to, obviously this, this situation seems to boil up every five years or so. So we always have to go by, uh, and, and you, you present a, uh, you're, you're, a, you're a reasonably minded individual um, on on a multitude of subjects, and and even even on this, I I would suggest that uh, you have some some decent points. Here's 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 this here's the reason why peace doesn't exist, right? So going back to let's say uh, you always have to put in a historical context. So 1938, you had the um, the commission. What were they called? The uh, I always forget the name. The Peel Commission, right? Okay, so the right. Peel Commission basically 
says, okay, let's let's give um, let's give the Jews and the Arabs. They're both fighting over this land. They they're both having uh, conflict around that period of time. All right, Arabs, you guys get like eighty percent. There was no concept of Palestinian, right? The, the term Palestine obviously comes from a, the the Roman times, um, and you know you're you're Arab. That's that's what the people there right. consider themselves, right? And so they're all right. Jews, you get this twenty percent bit. Arabs, you get this eighty percent bit. Do you say okay? Arabs in the in the region said absolutely not. Fuck no. Okay. So then you go, you, you move on to after World War II, right? We have the, the, uh, turns into British mandate in Palestine. Right. Brits leave in 48. And what happens? You have all the Arab countries attacking the Jews because they can't, they don't want them in that area. All right. So then you have what it was Saudi Arabia, Iraq, Lebanon, uh, Syria. Who else, who else was in that group? Um, Jordan, okay, Egypt, all right. So they all they all attack Israel. They don't want the, they don't want Jews in that region, right? It's long simmering, multi thousand year tension. This is the thing that a lot of secular people in the West sort of tend to forget is because this is at, at its core, it's it's a religious thing. It's involved in other things as well, but at its core, it's a religious dispute, right? So obviously, Jews lived in many parts of those of those um, Arab countries historically as well, and. They've all left. They've either been killed or kicked out or pushed out, right? Um, obviously, I'm someone who, uh, much later on, you know, had, had a uh, mother who was pushed out of a non-Arab country, of a Muslim country in the same region, right. right? So then, Israel defeats them, right? Kicks all their asses. It's eight countries on one. Okay. What happens after '48? You have Jordan takes over the West Bank, and it was Egypt, right? Egypt annexes the Gaza Strip. Okay. So then things were pretty decent. Nothing happened until 67, right? There's always boiling conflicts. And then you have 60, the 67 war, the six-day war, right? Yeah. So then it's, it's – in that one, it was Egypt, Syria, Jordan attacking Israel. Still don't want them to exist. Still absolutely do not recognize Jewish rights to that region even though – you know, going back to the first census, which is what in the mid nineteenth century, there was Jewish presence there. Obviously, there's been Jewish presence there for thousands of years. Attack Israel, Israel wins that. Okay, so then you have the UN resolution. Israel says yes to it, which in, which uh, included that Israel would have to leave the West Bank and the Gaza Strip. They said yes. Okay, you know, it's in our best interests. We don't, you know, fighting five five countries on one. They won a couple times, but you know it's an unsustainable strategy long term. Right. Let's do it. Obviously, the, the Pal- now at this point you start to see Palestinian nationalism, right? It, at, it started after '48, really got into a um, cemented itself in '67 with Palestinian nationalism. People started to consider themselves real Palestinian for the first time as a as a distinct group. So they say no, okay. And then you have the Palestinian Conference in '67. With uh, sorry, the Arab League conference, the sixty-seven with all the countries, and they had that was the famous three no's: no negotiation, no peace, no recognition. And then you have the um, basically the beginning of the PLO, and that was a stance: Israel can exist, Jews don't have a right here; they they can't exist, whatever. Then you had several other times: you had two thousand, you had uh, was it two thousand and eight, where or nine, eight or nine, I think. Yeah, so two thousand, it was Prime Minister Barack. With Arafat and Clinton, right. Clinton said, "Look, these people aren't even honest brokers." He had Arafat in there. He said, it's not honest brokers. 
he said no to everything for 14 days. Just no, 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 no counter offers. That's not, that's not an honest solution. Right. Okay. So then after that, and by the way, they, they could have had 95% of, of the West bank. That was what was offered to them. They said, no, that 2005 Israel gives up Gaza. And obviously what happens, it became more dangerous and mm. lo- rockets lodged at them. Okay. So, and, uh, and that was, uh, after obviously Hamas, took over that entire region and became a dominant force. First, let's also add that the Palestinians themselves are extremely divided, right? You have the Palestinian Authority in the West Bank. You have Hamas. Hamas has killed a bunch of the Palestinian Authority members themselves. And then you have Abbas, who's basically half dead. He just postponed elections. He, he, even, he even, he's like, what, he's 80? He, I mean, he makes Joe Biden look even young. Makes Joe Biden look like a spring chicken. So right. uh, it, was, it was just a couple of weeks ago, actually, where... It was, I think, a leaked interview, and he said on camera that uh, someone asked him about, are you going to congratulate China for their 100th uh, Independence Day or whatever? And, and he was like, the exact words, it was very funny. He said, China, no, I, I would like to fuck the, I'm going to get in trouble for this word, so let's not say the word. <laughs> It rhymes with hunt. Oh, okay. Fuck the hunt of, of China with a shoe is what he's here to And then he said, and then he said, uh, and all the Arabs and the U.S. and Israelis can go to hell. So this is not at this point a very stable individual who has a lot going for. So the Hamas now sees it's oppor- it's time to shine, right? Because this guy is like deteriorating real fast. He just postponed elections. So now they use this new pretext of the evictions in Sheikh Jarrah, right, of six random families who, after many, many years, were finally determined by by the municipal court and then the Israeli Supreme Court that they had no title to it and they didn't have title to it. So long story short, (laughs) current leaders of the Palestinian Authority and of Hamas and the ones who preceded them, including Arafat and the Grand Mufti, these were never honest brokers to begin with. They, 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 there is no circumstance in which you can say that they actually would agree with a peaceful coexistence of two states. And I, I just, I, nothing changed that. And I, I think the only thing that changes that, there have been, I believe, uh, lower sort of Palestinian leaders, obviously not Arafat or the Grand Mufti, but there, there were people in the Caucasus who are actually amenable towards making peace throughout the, the five different offers that they had to make peace with Israel and, and have a two-state solution. All five of them, they said no to. Those people have all been killed off. They were, always, they were, they were killed off yeah. very shortly. And obviously Hamas killed even the, the Palestinian uh, authority. They, they killed off as well um, in Gaza. So that to me is, seems to be the fundamental problem. And that's what irritates me about the the Western coverage of this situation is uh, particularly, I think, in the Western. I think you, you disagree, and, and you, you think it's it's partial towards Israel. I, I think, especially oh, today, I, I think it's big time. I mean, right it's now, not you, this time around, like Washington Post and New York Times, they are not partial towards Israel at all this time around. Yeah, no, I I don't disagree on that, but that doesn't make up for all the years that it wasn't. Yeah, and in, in the in the years in the past, it was. Partially. It should be moderate. It should be moderate. I mean, it should. You should look at it. Well, I would argue times. the moderate. I would argue the moderate position traditionally and still to this day would be that you want a two-state solution. But obviously, the sixty-seven border. I mean, well, it can't be. It can't be the sixty-seven borders, though, right? Because there's no reason to think that. No, I know anything yeah. would change, and so right. No, I'm just saying. I mean, in a perfect right. world, I guess. But I mean, obviously, not. yeah. I mean, in a, in a perfect world, I I think ultimately. 
my, my only, the only sign of optimism I have, um, and I never felt optimistic before, but <laughs> regarding the situation, because it's a multi-thousand yeah. year, uh, basically, yeah, it's, it's complicated. Yeah. That's that has to do with religion at its core, and those are always the hardest ones to, to yeah. defeat. But if Israel has been able to make an uh, alliance. And I think this was one of Trump's greatest accomplishments with the Abraham Accords, with places like the UAE and Bahrain, Saudi Arabia, whatever you think about those countries. Yeah. These are obviously traditional enemies. Yeah. And you saw what, what the real impetus for all of this was that the, the economic cooperation, right? It's Saudi Arabia, UAE, Bahrain. They see it all in Morocco, Sudan. They see it in their economic self-interest to, be, to negotiate peace with them because obviously Israel has become such an uh, indispensable player on the world stage in technology and innovation and startups and so they saw that as their and desalinization as well so they, they see that as a good economic um, sort of cooperative agreement and that's what ultimately was willing to put some of the hostilities aside and, and come into an agreement because money talks in the day so i i hope i think that maybe one day uh after a boss dies off and maybe you have some Palestinian entrepreneur at some point, maybe take maybe. over the country, become a central figure in the country. Um, and he is motivated more so by economic interests. And that could sort of maybe be the the piece that, yeah. that will so, come. And- so my issue is is the is the fact that we keep giving money to Israel. I didn't vote to give $735 million mm-hmm. in weapons to mm-hmm. Israel. I didn't vote for Barack Obama to give Iron Dome to Israel, which even Bush couldn't or didn't give. This is this, the issue is is that we keep investing. Okay, great. If there's entrepreneurship and all this stuff and there's innovation and technology in Israel, I don't, I don't like, I, I don't behoove them for that. But it's right. the issue is is that you can't keep funding genocide. Now, if you don't think it's genocide, that's your opinion. But my view is is that you have no, but but. But you have to look at it in the sense that who's dying more? How many people are dying more? You could go. Oh, of if course, you wanted- yeah, of course, Palestinians yeah. dying more. Yeah, of course. But that's that's not. I mean, you know, more Germans died than Americans during World War II. That's not really a function right. of of. Uh, but that was a war. But that was a war. This isn't a war. So oh, I mean, I mean, if you, I mean, you can call it a war. But I'm saying it's not like, hey, we're having go. You know, we're going to go in and invade. Like it's well, not remember, another thing is Hamas not, doesn't even allow its own people in their bunkers, right? They don't even protect their own citizens, deliberately so, right? Because they that's not surprising. The yeah. one the one to the extent they have any intelligence at all, it's the fact that they are actually pretty decent at PR. Pretty yeah. damn good at PR, right? They uh they, are, they yeah. know how to provoke and then they know how to play victim and they know how to generate outrage. And um, you know, People who have literally no no context whatsoever. Obviously, you're not in that group. But people yeah. who, uh, you know, especially, you know, you, you have like uh, the Selena Gomez's of the world. Those kinds of people who literally couldn't fucking tell you what Israel is or yeah. where Palestine is. AOC doesn't know shit Saudi either. Arabia. Yeah, of course. AOC doesn't know shit either. fucking thing about that that entire part of the world. They can tell you the difference between a Shiite and a Sunni. Right. Nothing. Right. And then and then they'll they'll sort of. Uh, latch onto these talking points of, oh, well, Israel must be bad because they're, they're richer and more Palestinians are dying and, uh, you know, they're, they're wider. That's kind of the new, that's <laughs> new trope. Even, even though 
you know, obviously Arabs and, and Jews are both Semitic people. There's not a difference in race. Right, right, right. <laughs> you right. know, it's a difference of religion, not not in terms of, uh, you know, actual ethnicity or anything like that. So, yeah, yeah. so that 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 always sort of irritates that very much irritates me. And um, it's identity politics. It's not. It's, know, it's yeah. It's identity. It's identity politics. It's it's the typical. This is the typical move, and we're going to get into this on this yeah. on the show, I'm sure, of using these bullshit racial paradigms that to the extent they even apply at all applied maybe like a hundred years in a hundred years ago in America and then incorporating that to describe everything that's happening in the rest of the world. Like, so everything else has to be a black white thing, you know? Yeah. And it's just, it's just, it's absolutely pathetic. And yeah. they, it's the, you know, often the white liberal New York times, Washington post reporters who pissed me off the most on this subject. Yeah, um, no, I have no love for those no. kind of people. And that largely has come from both the 2016 and the 2020 elections when Bernie Sanders got treated like shit. That's right. Because yeah, yeah. he's not, oh, I'm not, you know, the typical politician who's buttoned up and right. sitting with a very nice stance and, and posture. And I'm not waving my arms uh, as much as, you know, you know, or I am waving my arms. I'm like, I don't know, Mitt Romney who's a fucking robot, basically. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah, you know, they don't like that. They can't stand that. They can't say, oh, yeah, yeah I, I want the, yeah. the higher taxes for the rich. And, right, you know, right. So, like, you can't stand that, you know. And Trump, that's why I like Trump, too. I like Trump because he sees, he doesn't care. He's just like, well, this is the Invisible. way I am. I, absolutely. I, I, one thing with with the whole Bernie thing, I, I think, because obviously there was a... Um, a decent amount of overlap between the people who liked Trump in the beginning yeah. and the people like Bernie. And uh, just like there's like overlap between yourself and, and me. And uh, one of the, well, obviously the, the, the main thing that connected both of them was that they were outsiders, not respected by the establishments and willing to engage in unorthodox ideas, right? So Trump completely challenged the orthodoxy of free trade, any costs and capitalism is the absolute religion. It's like, no, he's pro-capitalist, obviously, but you know, right. it needs it needs to come secondarily to economic incentives and priorities for the nation and making the nation wealthier. So obviously, if you take free trade to the absolute extreme, everything's going to be made in China and things of that nature, right? Capital is going to flow to wherever it's cheaper. So, and that's if you right. So you have to consider other things as well, right? Now, the thing, the difference between Trump and Bernie, and why I respect Trump a hell of a lot more, not only because I, I have uh, overlap with many of his positions. Not all of them, but a good majority of them, let's say. When – I know we, we sort of spoken about this before – was when the Republican debate, when he was like him versus like the 20 <laughs> yeah. Republicans, right? All, all, yeah. the, all the people. And yeah. <laughs> only Rosie O'Donnell. That yeah, was yeah. The greatest yeah. debate line ever. <laughs> you call women <laughs> slobs and pigs and fat yeah. – only Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so there I, I forget if it was that debate or a subsequent debate, but there were still like 20 people in the field. And the moderator asked, okay, raise your hand if you will support the Republican candidate no matter who it is. Everyone raised their hand but Trump. And that was such a bold move. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe that. Everyone thought, right? And that was a person who really just did not give a shit. He was going to be him under all circumstances, whether it hurts him, whether it doesn't. He was going to be him. And I think it was such a insanely risky move especially in a primary you're not gonna you're you're saying that you're not gonna yeah. support the republican candidate when you're running as the republican candidate how dare you and you know and, and that's just how he that's just how he rolled and obviously bernie who has been treated i would say significantly uh worse relative to trump by his party yeah. than trump was 
tree by the Republican Party, getting screwed over twice. He just plays ball. He he just goes along with with whatever um, is asked of him, and and just yeah. is a you know is is a good little good little pawn. You know they exactly. they use him when they can, and when they when uh, he's of no use, shut up, Bernie, and just vote this way. So exactly, you know, I and I I'm pretty sure they also asked the same thing in the Democratic debate when there was like. 15 or 20. And Bernie raised his hand. He's like, I'm going to support Democratic candidate no matter what. And like, even versus Bloomberg, bro? You're going to support <laughs> yeah, Bloomberg? Bloomberg. Yeah. Like, this is your polar end. I mean, there's probably more of a, a distinction between Bernie and Bloomberg than there's between Bernie and Trump if you actually want to go mm-hmm. issue by issue. Like, so you would be willing to support Bloomberg? Yeah. The guy who's literally opposes everything you're against? And that's, yeah. that's the difference between Bernie and Trump. Bernie is, is, is he's, not, he's not strong. I'm sorry. Yeah. He oh. ha- he wants to be, you know, he really has that urge to yeah. like, and he said it, he said that, you know, if I'm president, if I'm president Bernie Sanders, I'm going to go in West Virginia and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go to the, the, you know, the, the, the constituents of Joe Manchin, who's a conservative mm-hmm. Democrat, right, right. You know, the most right wing Democrat you can find. Absolutely. And I'm going to go there and I'm going to let him know that, I, that his, that, you know, the constituents are being screwed over by him, by him. Thanks to him, you're not, you know, let's say getting clean water. You're wow. not getting $15 minimum wage. You're not getting, you know, single, single payer health care. And he didn't, he didn't stick to that mentality. Mm-hmm. Now, so right. obviously he's not present. I'm not saying he's right, going right. to do that now, but it's like, listen, bro, you're one of the most well-known politicians now. Yeah, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Bernie Sanders, Pelosi, Schumer, I mean, yeah. not sure. but and, you know, and more importantly, he has one of the most passionate bases to exactly. back him up, and exactly. he still doesn't have the courage or the gumption to actually exactly. uh, be a trailblazer. I th- Manchin, who's who's a, a as you mentioned, a right-wing uh, Democrat. Will buck the party quite, oh, yeah. you know, quite a bit when he when he when he see, thinks yeah. it's not doing the right thing. <laughs> you don't see that as much with Birdie. No, man. Birdie. And listen, I'm I'm a big I'm a big supporter and follower of Jimmy Dore. I love Jimmy Dore. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. awesome. I like him. Yeah. I don't care if he fucking curses. I don't care if he yells. You should be yelling. I'm honestly, right, you should right. be yelling. Now, maybe that's not somebody's style, but I don't care. I'm not like, oh my god, I'm so offended by his. Yeah, he's authentic. He's, he's authentic. He's authentic. Exactly, yeah. and that's what. And that was the good thing about Bernie. Like I said, right. Bernie's yelling and screaming. Everybody hated. How dare Bernie oh, yell? Oh, he knows. Yeah. Exactly, and Trump does the same thing. Oh my god, how dare you? You know, mock right. people and yell things, right. and curse and stuff. You're gonna offend the kids. And so, but the thing about Jimmy Dore is he was always on the side of. First of all, he was trying to back Bernie. He was really like mm-hmm. he was really trying right. his best. But he, at one point, he was just like, "Fuck it, I can't stand this anymore." Like, especially when it came to the whole force the vote situation. I don't know if you've been following what's going on, but there was this thing that that happened on the left, which was called force the vote hashtag force the vote. Mm-hmm. And everybody on the left, most people on the left, were like, "Listen, we need Medicare for all." Okay, right. you may not agree with it, obviously. We right, need right. Medicare for all. We need fifteen dollars minimum wage. We need, um, you know, tuition free college. Right. We were like, listen, AOC, all your little squad you got going on there, throw in Pramila Jayapal, Mark Polkan, Mark Polkan, and a couple of others. Mm-hmm. You have a coalition of now apparently about 10 or 12 people. Use your vote against Nancy Pelosi to become speaker. Say, listen, if you are speaker, I'm only going to give you my vote if you're going to if you're going to allow a floor vote for Medicare for all. They said right. this. What happened? AOC was like, oh. It's not the right time. We can't do this. 
this is too much. It's not, you know, I don't know. It's too, you know, you know, we need to put together, this needs to be something that's put together by the, by the activists. And okay. So the activists came out and then they wouldn't, and then they wouldn't want to, uh, still, she wouldn't want to listen. Then she started, man, you know, she started like, you know, explaining to them like, oh no, it's not, you know, that that's not still not the right time. We need to do this. And we need to, she just constantly kept moving the goalposts, moving the goalposts. Right. And AOC, you know, you've got all these millions of followers. Just like Bernie Sanders says, I'm going to go and do rallies in West Virginia. AOC can easily say, hey, listen, I'm not going to allow the, a vote on, you know, you to become Speaker of the House, which is the most powerful position, one of the most powerful positions in all of the country. Right. And she didn't, she didn't do it. She didn't want to hold Pelosi's feet to the fire. And now she's best friends with her, calls her mama bear and all this bullshit. And you just can't, like, the left is splintered right now on that issue. And me personally, I'm not associating with anybody that's going to be against a force to vote mentality where you're going to force votes, which is a co- totally common thing. It's, it's been going on in politics for decades and years and, and, and centuries. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, I don't know what's going on with the left. Everybody is just, it's like, a, it's, it's become a circular firing squad and right. nobody wants to show any strength. It's really sad. Absolutely. It's uh, and that, that leads me to my, my next first segue, which is pretty funny is you've, probably been following the whole Liz Cheney thing. And so Liz Cheney, who I would say that the Cheney Bush (laughs) doctrine represents the absolute worst of what right-wing politics uh, or conservatism is supposed to be. I don't even think it was conservative. Right. No. It's, it's, neo-conservative. These are, it's neoconservative. Yeah, yeah, it's neoconservative, exactly. And who are neoconservatives? They were for, former uh, Democrats who felt at the time the party wasn't hawkish enough. Right. Then migrated over and uh, had an impact on, on the Republican policy. Bill Crystal types. Now, they, now they're leaving uh-huh. back home again. And uh-huh. so Liz Cheney, who, is, who yeah, represents, I would say, the, the worst aspects of what the Republican brand Maybe not as her, her father for sure, of what the Republican brand is. Establishment. Yeah, let's just um let's just invade these countries and you know, we'll we'll make up we'll make Afghanistan into Belgium in a few years, you know. They'll, <laughs> Belgium, yeah. they'll, <laughs> they'll they'll be eating baguettes in no time. Right, exactly. Um, right. They have women heart surgeons and yeah. that. So Liz Cheney obviously I don't I don't think it's a principal thing at all, but for whatever I, pro- I, I imagine, I don't know what your thoughts are. I imagine it's probably leftover hatred from the way Trump treated uh, or spoke about the Bush and Cheney family repeatedly, and the that's part of it. Wars. So let me tell you, let me tell you my theory. Mm-hmm. My theory, and this is something my my friend Kyle Kalinsky, who has a great show on YouTube, he's done a YouTube show for I think almost ten years now, and he his his thing that he always pointed out, and I don't know if he still says it, but my thing is, is that I believe that Trump exposes the, he opens up the curtain from everybody that's standing behind that curtain and saying things behind everybody's back. He brings it out in the open. Right. So everything that Republicans don't want to be let out in the open and like, whether it's corruption, whether it's endless wars, he wants to, he wants to just speak about it out in the open for everybody to know they can't stand that. They don't like him exposing their, 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 the way they are and the way they, they talk about things behind closed doors, which, by the way, Democrats do as well. Right. So with Democrats, right? So, for example, when it came to the Iraq War, when it came to to to, to you know everything that happened post nine eleven, everything with neoconservatism became neoconservatism right. to the point that it was like, yeah, endless wars. Let's just make sure, like you know, you know, mass surveillance, endless wars, yep. all this stuff. Sure. Let's make sure to push yeah. that exactly. Let's make sure to push that. 
but just don't don't let everybody else know. Just keep it to yourself between you and me. So between, you know, basically the Bush kind of coalition and then all the, you know, yeah, exactly. Mitch McConnell involved as well. Just a couple of the people that are in the leadership of the Republican Party and then the main people that are in the White House. And then what happened? Just moved on to the Obama White House as well. Mm-hmm. So everything, just keep everything under wraps. And Biden is doing that right now too. All the fucking resistance brunch liberals, they're, they're yeah. sipping yeah, their mimosas right now and they're, you know, drunk on fucking MSNBC and shit. So right, right. They, don't, they don't care. And so we're, we're Liz Cheney's now, now a hero. So exactly. this, this was a pretty interesting stat. And I'll, I'll pull up so I just can see. So 51% of Democrats view Liz Cheney somewhat favorably or favorably? 51%. Oh okay. Goodness. And 20% of the Republican Party voters do. That's unbelievable, according to this new what? poll. 20%? 20% of, of GOPs support, support her either favorably or somewhat favorably. And... I believe it's. I didn't know it was going to be that low. Yeah, I'm surprised it's that low. <laughs> it's it's pretty unbelievable, and it really goes to show you it's 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 not about principles at all. No. Um, and that it, it speaks also, I think, to towards the the now Democrats party lurch into uh, being connected to the deep state and having a strong emphasis on all the stuff that that the sort of Bush Cheney crowd used to put out. Which was a cried. Now the people, the MSNBC types, all of them who worked in the Bush Cheney <laughs> White House, right? Like that uh, Nicole Wallace lady. Ugh. So now, now they're all uh, pro deep state, right? This so traditionally Democrats obviously used to hate the military industrial complex and all that. So here, here here's some more stats. It's pretty funny. The um, Democrats approve of the CIA more than Republicans by nine points. It's pretty crazy. Okay. They approve of the FBI. By 23 points more than Republicans. You know, I'm not surprised. These are, these are government entities. You know, they're like, oh, well, it's the government. It must be good as long as they say something bad about Trump or they're right, 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 exactly. yeah. anti-Trump. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's really – that doesn't surprise me. But George, the, 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 light, the loving of George Bush is what I'm annoyed by. Yeah. So you said, you said 51% for Cheney? Okay. Yeah. I mean that's – I honestly – unbelievable. That's pretty – but – but Bush is like sixty five percent, I think. It's at least it's definitely. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I I haven't seen that one in, in, yeah. in a while, but I'm sure it would uh, it would line around that that amount. That's yeah. crazy. It's, un- it's unbelievable, right? Oh. So yeah, and then you got the picture of like people, Michelle. You had the by the way, you got the picture of like Michelle Obama hugging George yeah, W. Yeah, Bush, yeah, yeah. They, they, they giving him candy them. and shit. It was like all of Hitler as well. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, uh, and I've noticed this as well too with with some of these. Um, left-wing people that i know not left-wing they're not left-wing oh yeah <laughs> right they're yeah. not left-wing they're just the woke progressives let's just call the liberals. them liberals yeah uh, we, exactly. we need yeah we need to find a better word for them but the, the woke progressive types right I so i was asking i was asking a couple of them i said so you're telling me that you have more disdain for donald trump than george w bush a person who according to your side for the last 20 years yeah. is someone who lied to us about getting into wars that end up costing th- trillions of dollars, ended thousands of American lives, maimed them, irreparably damaged thousands more Americans, yep. not to mention the uh, catastrophe it caused in Iraq and Afghanistan, not to mention nothing was accomplished through with regard to all this blood and treasure. In addition to that, it also set the stage for ISIS, be right, because it and created probably more extremists. Yep. 
And Trump, who's hasn't started a war in his entire term, the only one who hasn't started war in decades. And what he you, you hate him more because he said mean tweets? <laughs> like that's the thing. I mean, I mean, because we're comparing we're, we're comparing Republic. Obviously, I don't expect them to like Trump, but if we're comparing Republican to Republican, it'd be like asking me, you know, who do I like more, Bill Clinton or AOC? I'd be like, yeah, of course, Bill Clinton. You know that 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 aligns yeah, much because more politically, with, yeah. There's quite a few policies. I'd be like, yeah, I think he was he was pretty good. There's basically none with AOC, but you know, I can make a make a distinction, right? These <laughs> these people actually yeah. think that that Trump was Hitler and that uh, you know have a favorable opinion of George W. Bush now. I'm like, after all that? Yeah. After all, all he did? Yeah. I don't like the comparisons of Hitler to anybody. Of course Hitler, not. Of course Hitler not. Hitler is we, Hitler. We yeah, Hitler is Hitler. Unless, my inter- unless we're talking about my introduction in that case. <laughs> right. <laughs> so first, I just want to lay it out there. Trump didn't start any wars. That's true. But he continued the wars that existed. And then he expanded like the drone program. And, you know, he, he nearly took us into a war in Iran. He tried to do something in Afghanistan. Yeah, which, no, he tried to do that. That's the so-called true. progressives were uh, yeah, disparaging him yeah. for. <laughs> no, I know. now. And now I heard recently that they actually blocked Trump recently from trying to uh, get out of Afghanistan, right. which is great. I don't know the details of it, but that's what I heard. Right. Um, but as far as, but yeah, as far as all that stuff, like, yeah, it's not, you know, they don't, they just look at everything as like a breach of decor. Right. That's what, kind of that's what, what I was matters. saying before. That's, yeah, that's, that's what, what I was kind of saying before regarding why they hate Trump so much, because he's not like the button-up type. He's not the right. button-up, button-up, you know, decorum. Yes, I'm very civil, and I'm going to say all the nice things that you want to hear. No, they want to hear. They want somebody that's going to mask all the corruption Absolutely. and not let it out there, and then still act like, oh, I'm so proper and I'm so nice, and you know, I, I'm, I act like such a a good person on whatever mm-hmm. camera or in a yeah. debate or an interview, right. you know. And that's why I can't stand about the liberals. The liberals, I call them shitlips. A lot of shit me lips. and the people that I'm shitlips is, I think, the best way. What's to a, so what, what is a shitlip then? So shitlip is basically like your 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 worst version of any kind of liberal. Like all the people that okay. love Obama, all the people that love Biden, all the people that love Kamala Harris. These are all shitlips. These mm-hmm. are all like just shitty liberals. Right, right. And they have a zero. They have zero objectivity. All they do is watch MSNBC. Right. They trust every single thing Joy Reid and Rachel Maddow and all Are these the ones who who will like post something like "Stop Asian Hate," but then not share any of the videos when right. when it's African American guys exactly stop Asians? <laughs> so like they can't. So they're they're they're, well, they're the kind of people that deny reality completely. Right, right, right. They don't even acknowledge that Joe Biden wrote the fucking ninety four crime bill. Right. They don't acknowledge that Kamala Harris was a prosecutor who got, who threw I don't know hundreds thousands I laughed about putting people in jail for yeah. a week. <laughs> We exactly. <laughs> yeah. And she, yeah, she, she laughs about, by the way, she laughs about yeah. anything. Like, yeah, she laughs about anything. Yeah. Anything yeah. that feels Have like. Have you gone to the border? <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's just like, go, I don't know if it's real or not. I don't think. Uh, I don't know what it is. I, it's so freaking weird. She's such a sociopath. I have a lot of trouble just even like, you know, acknowledging that she has any decent views because I don't think she does. And I think the views that she has, it's just like, yeah, I'm pro gay marriage and I'm. You know, pro-choice, and okay, yeah. so these are all the things that you, any liberal would be in favor. Right, right, right. But do you actually take a principled stance on, you know, like those kind of things? And favorite thing with regards to Kamala shows you just just how fake and pathetic she is. The yeah. uh, if you look at back on her Twitter, she loves to draw association to the holidays of like every single racial and ethnic group possible. Yeah. So like she had. Her, 
remember the one she did on Kwanzaa. Remember, she was like, "Oh, we always celebrated Kwanzaa in my family," and I'm like, "Wait, you and your Indian mother who is living, who you were living with, living in Canada, you celebrate Kwanzaa? <laughs> <laughs> you weren't even oh living with your dad. He's Jamaican, by the way. He's not even African. Jamaican, yeah, exactly. And then she she did something for Hanukkah because she's married to a Jewish guy. Uh, right. He's been he was an attorney. He's a partner here in, over in LA, and. Oh, uh, okay. And it's like every, and then obviously she was the first Asian American senator from California, and then she became the first black one. And it's just every little like cultural, panders, identity bro. kind of thing. She 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 jumps on that real fast. And that's she her panders. Identity. That's yeah. That's it. She no, panders. Really to, yeah. There. Yeah. Exactly. She totally loves to pander, and this is what, and this is what Joe Biden is doing right now. This is, you know, he's he's, and, and by the way, I, there's another guy that I watch on YouTube that's really good. He's He's a he's a Syrian. His name is Richard Medhurst, and he 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 has a perfect name for Biden's current team of people, like his comms people, his right. communication people, and secretary and press secretary and stuff. He calls them the Rainbow Death Death Coalition. Oh, that's good. Rainbow that's Death good. Coalition. Yeah, yeah, that's a good. Because one. it's all women, yeah. yeah, women of color or yeah. black guy and all yeah, that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Just mixing in all these people, yeah. and what do they do? They're just all they're liars for him, and yeah, they're just yeah, right. liars for him. Yeah. They're doing the same exact thing he's doing. Is uh, you know everybody. Obama was doing basically, yeah. and, and it's no different. Their dream is to have the transgender lady drop. Yeah, the yeah, isn't yeah, isn't, isn't there <laughs> like a transgender? I think it's a transgender or a I think a lesbian. That's the army something press chief corps or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Army chief. I forget what yeah. it was. He was taking a fucking picture mm-hmm. with one of them. But yeah, so like yeah, just find like a lesbian fucking I don't know trans something. Yeah, anything checks a box. Yeah, and then find somebody that has like their pronouns, the correct pronouns, right, they correct pronouns, yeah, they them. Yep, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so Jimmy Lovato will probably be the next right. one. Right. <laughs> I think. Yeah, exactly. It, so. it, it's yeah. I, I'm sure you saw the that picture of the first old gay helicopter uh platoon. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We like, like as, as if that's some yeah. sort of like historical milestone you know like every someone's been waiting it's like oh man dude i can't oh, fuck dude i can't wait till the uh we see the first uh all all gay male yeah. helicopter pilots yeah that's what uh, i'm waiting for see, this is what they this is uh, what they consider his i want to see the i want to see the first old men gay helicopter pilots in our <laughs> army and then that's just going to ignore completely ignore all the all the you know the endless wars and the you know the dropping right. of bombs on people's heads that you yeah. shouldn't be doing it on drone wars all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's just totally this identity politics, man. This is what yeah. it is. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if sometime in, in in the distant future, when when we are involved in a conflict, I imagine we probably will be in the, the Biden administration, and yeah. maybe not something that he actively knows about or wants, but some his boys want, yeah. Yeah. and. Maybe they'll be dropping the bombs like a rainbow will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. You've seen that drone, right? The drone. It's a very conclusive bomb. It's like a, like a rainbow yeah. imagery coming out as it wipes away an entire village. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. You've seen that dr- picture of that drone with like all Black Lives Matter and then yeah, 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 uh, right, Barack yeah. Obama, you know, whatever. Changes yeah, drop, drop, there's a plane dropping <laughs> bomb. I'll post that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh that, it, 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 it describes them perfectly well. And the uh, there was that, that new... There's a new army ad where this uh, it's a recruiting ad, and so the the girl talks about how she was raised by two lesbian mothers. Really? And, yeah, and that's that's what gave that. her strength to join the army. Essentially, is that you know, and, and then you juxtapose it to the the Russian military ad, 
<laughs> where it's like <laughs> it's like Rambo meets like Lance right. on human growth uh, steroids. You know, like <laughs> like the super macho and regular oh action, and then you have like a, you have a picture of of uh, you know a woman. Oh, by the way, the funniest thing about that about that commercial, she's wearing a sorority T-shirt as she's doing the military exercises. Really? She's, yeah. yeah. She's wearing like a sorority T-shirt. So I saw the CIA one. I saw the CIA, <laughs> the CIA one. Was but with the, yeah. with the sorority one, it's so funny. It's like, actually, I lampooned this in my last monologue with uh, describing China and, and California nice. about how, like, we're going to have to rely on the uh, purple hair gender studies majors to save us storm the beaches of Normandy or Guangzhou. <laughs> and it, it's, it's happening now, right? Like, so if um, if China ever invades, you know, we got we got to call up the uh, – Ladies of Kappa Kappa Gamma to save us. <laughs> right. That's, exactly. that's what the army's going to call. Yeah. Yeah. It's, Man, it's a, uh, yeah, the CIA one was also oh quite God. hilarious. So That's cringe, bro. I'm a, I'm a cisgender millennial who was diagnosed oh. with generalized anxiety disorder. I'm intersectional, but my existence is not a box-checking exercise. Yeah, I'm sure. But my favorite part of that commercial was she she said, I... I- I intoxicate people with my brilliance. <laughs> what the hell? If like a dude says to me, I punch him in the face. <laughs> I intoxicate so people with my brilliance. God, I hope she's not used on dates. That is. <sighs> okay. Yeah. So I, I wanted to point out one, one thing real quick when you yeah. were talking about the whole Democrats and alignment with the deep state and CIA and stuff. There is actually four members of, uh, last time I checked, there's four members of Congress that were trying to um, kind of, uh, kind of like, be at like odds with the squad and they're mm-hmm. all like CIA one is a CIA spook one is like work for the FBI the one that worked for the NSA and it's like this mm-hmm. coalition they call themselves like the badass it's all women are they Republican or Democrat? Democrat women oh, okay. Democrat but like like oh, more okay. like conservative kind of not conservative I would say like more moderate yeah but right like, more patriarchy exactly and yeah, yeah. they're so deep statey they're so yeah. all that stuff and so they were trying to, like, uh, you know, you know, be against this. Oh, we're the badasses! Right, right, right. Like, what the, I covered on my on my show a while back. Oh my god, it was the cringiest thing I've ever seen. All you know, all these like, you know, Stepford wife type type <laughs> women. You know, yeah, yeah. Oh my, it was, it was terrible. I was I was I couldn't believe they would. I don't know if they're really still calling themselves that, but yeah, they're still around. What were they the calling themselves again? The badasses. Oh, the badasses. Okay. Yeah, stupid name. You couldn't think of anything better. But it was I just, don't. yeah. But it's just like they're. And then I think they did some sort of ad, like, hey, no, actually, what they did, they did a fluff piece on CNN. Mm-hmm. They did a fluff, of course, CNN doing all their fucking sucking up to the establishment constantly. Of right. course, they would do that. They bring them on. Yeah, my name is. I think one name is name's Abigail Span Spanberger. Uh, I forgot the other one. Some Alyssa Slotkin, I think another yeah. one. I maybe remember these names or not, but. You know, yeah, they're all just like these typical just Democrats. They're like, yeah, I'm pro-choice and I'm pro-gay, you know, gay marriage. But no, endless wars. Yeah. You know, you know, invade whoever the fuck we want. Uh, you know, I'm, you know, I don't believe in Medicare for all. I don't believe in, you know, free college. So, you know, all the like anti. They should go with deep state picks, like the Dixie chicks. like the deep Yeah, state. exactly. That'd be, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. By the way, I want to tell you, I don't know if I read this in an article. I believe it was from forward.com. It's a, I think it's, they cover like Jewish right. topics. It says the deep state is a conspiracy theory based on the anti-Semitic trope of a secret cabal. You know about this? I've never heard that. It says the terms globalism and open borders are both dog whistles 
for a white nationalist theory. The globalism bit goes back to the whole like elders of Zion thing, which which Henry Ford tried to promote. So that's I'm I'm familiar with that bit. Obviously, I think it's you know words evolve too, right? Like it doesn't doesn't mean has to do with the Jews anymore when we're talking about globalism. Yeah, because it says the it says the with a dog whistles for a white nationalist theory that Jews and other minorities are attempting to destroy white society. I don't even know about this. That's going back to the uh, the, okay. the elders of Zion right. thing. Which, okay, okay. You know, it's kind of like a hundred years old. And Admittedly, I don't really know my history, so yeah. I'm kind of stuff. But you, you know. know about the elders of Zion? Not yeah. really. No, no. That yeah. was like that was a thing going on in. Um, I think it was written. It was written in the early twentieth century. It was popularized by Henry Ford. Oh, okay. who was quite a uh, anti-semite oh okay although, although he did he did do some amazing things in other respects and he had he had he was a very interesting character because he had no problem promoting jews in his company like there's there seems to be absolutely no um issue at all with respect to discrimination in the workforce with him and he did give us weekends you know the reason why americans have have weekends is because of henry ford and he, he was all right he was he was like he was a capitalist who did who was a very pro-America capitalist. He paid his workers a lot more than mm. all the competition, significantly more, like not even close, like significantly right. more, gave him time off. So he, he, he had some good aspects. He did go pretty batshit crazy for a bit. Maybe mm. he maybe he just you know put that under the surface after a while, and he promoted this thing called the Elders of Zion, which basically that's where the whole globalism, Jews are our secret cabal that control everything and – um, yeah, you know, okay. are responsible for all the wars and all that shit. And, and right, they're right. obviously um, was a a fan of Elders of Zion and Hitler was and Ford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a great admirer of Henry Ford, and he was familiar with with that aspect of him as well. Um, but yeah, that's that's where it comes. From. Obviously, you know, whenever someone brings that up now, I think it's pretty disingenuous to <laughs> yeah. accuse anyone of dealing with anti Semitic tropes or talking about globalism because it's yeah. a it's a recognized yeah. phenomenon, of course. Yeah. Um, or what was what was the other bit? Globalism. Um, globalism. And yeah, I, I mean, think open borders. Deep, the deep, the deep states a thing. I mean, open borders. No, yeah. Who even deep. denies that? Yeah, you open know? borders was the other one. Open borders. Open borders. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's that's referring uh, to what's uh, called. That's referring to trade deals and stuff. So open borders. Yeah, oh, I see. I see. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm so a lot of right. A lot of right wingers think the open borders refers to the borders around here, like for borders for like Mexico. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. We're not talking about that. Yeah. yeah this is open borders for something else. The free trade Brit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, exactly. Okay. yeah. I did want to mention the, the, the squad though, since you mentioned them. Yeah. The so the whole January sixth insurrection thing. I don't believe AOC. <laughs> and what's that? I don't believe AOC. I don't think Well yeah, think, listen to this. So th- this yeah. is this is pretty interesting. So the three squad members, all of whom recently chanted def- defund the police, had the power to kill a one point nine billion dollar increase in capital police security instead they ensured the passage omar voted against it to her credit i can't stand her but she's actually kind of I, kind of i call them, I, call the, I call them the hamas homegirls person <laughs> <laughs> but uh so then you had um aoc and talib voted present and so the bill passed by i think one or two votes and their voting present allowed the uh, the bill that will ensure $1.9 billion goes to increasing Capitol Hill police got passed in the house. Now it's going to right. the Senate. So it's, it, that that's pretty interesting. So it, it looks like, again, once again, they don't have yeah. the courage when it matters. And they promised all four of them promised that they'd vote no against the bill, that they would vote against the bill. And three of them voted present, allowing it to be 
passed. And had they voted no, it would not have been passed in the House. So they were de- they were deciding votes. I don't know. I don't know what to say. <laughs> I mean, they they just don't have the courage of their convictions. That's just the right. reality, unfortunately, you know. And and so the squad they were they were initially they were under the banner of what was called the Justice Democrats. Mm-hmm. And um, mentioning my friend Kyle Klinsky again, who does a YouTube show, he actually founded that group with Jank Uger, who's the head of TYT, the Young Turks. Okay. And they created the group together with a couple of other people. And their whole mentality was that we're going to be the tea party of the left. Right, right, right. You know, that did not work out. Yeah. And that was not based on what Kyle did, what Jank did. Now, I have a lot of issues with Jank Uger right now. Jank Uger has become a, he's become like a cuck for like the Democratic Party. Basically. Mm-hmm. I can't stand it. But he did start the group. He tried to run for Congress. He got smeared by the media. So he, in his core, I believe he has a lot of good left-wing ideas. He used to be a Republican, which is kind of weird. But um, yes, yeah. but he does have a lot of left-wing views. That's good. Kyle definitely does. Kyle's a much right. more principled compared to him. Right. However, yeah, it didn't work out. And this is because they were taken over by new management. They got rid of Jank because he had some uh, offensive posts from a long time ago. They did the same thing with Kyle. Kyle was like, all right, I'm in solidarity. I'm going to join Jank and just like get the hell out of the group. But they put in all these different people that now are just like a bunch of like, you know, identity politics cucks, basically. Right. And this is why they've become the way they are, unfortunately. Now, as far as when it comes to Ilhan Omar, she's actually very principled when it comes to imperialism, when it, when it comes to being anti-imperialist, which I like. So she, she called – they had a – I think they had a um, – con- they had a congressional – committee uh, committee hearing for Elliot Abrams, I believe it was. This was a while ago. But she pressed him really, really hard. Mm-hmm. And this was under Trump, obviously. And this is not something that, you know, that that, that AOC does. This is not something that's so much rich we should Rashida Tlaib does. Twitch. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So AOC just likes to tweet things. Yeah. She likes to uh, post things on her Instagram when she's cooking dinner or something and drinking like a glass of wine. Okay, yeah. whatever. And she's obviously trying to, you know, relate to the fucking millennials out there because she's a millennial. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, it's annoying. But policy wise, she's not consistent. Now, obviously, you're not going to agree with, you know, like going like, okay, you know, like being anti-imperialist maybe, but... I mean, if you're a left winger, you got to be a left winger. You Absolutely. can't go out there and be like, "Well, I'm a left winger, and I'm going to be against this, but then for this, be because honest. I'm too much of a exactly, yeah, just be exactly. honest with what, what you believe, and then we can yeah. debate that." You know, exactly. Uh, that that reminds me. I want to get to this bit as well before we leave. The woke racialist politics has yeah. not only infected the deep state and the CIA; yeah. it's yeah. also made its way to the corporations, right? So all, all the uh, all the people like to consider themselves a part of the resistance have yeah. the same exact opinions as, you know, all the billionaires, <laughs> which is a which is a just they don't even see the irony. They love them now. It's a, yeah, they love them. They love they love Bill Gates. Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> you know, they Bezos. love they love Zuckerberg. They love the richest people in history. It's it's really yeah. uh, fascinating. They love Bezos. So anyways, yeah. um the only person they they the woke types don't seem to like is Elon Musk because he he again he doesn't speak I don't care for him. the way a billionaire to speak I, I don't really care for elon musk i don't, I don't i'm not a big fan of him I mean, he's a smart guy yeah. yeah he gets things done obviously he's got a great you know he's got a great card that he makes and stuff but i just don't really i i mean he doesn't allow his, his workers to unionize and stuff which i can't stand so i don't know that's just my opinion, uh, all right. but i don't yeah well, yeah I, I'm, I'm a big elon fan what what, yeah. what i wanted to mention though is the um so coca-cola obviously was the most notable example of this recently and 
some that people may know. So they had these diversity trainings for their employees uh, were basically focusing on white supremacy and and uh, how to be a, a a good white little gimp, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, the, you know the, you you have to you have to understand that you know there are certain conversations you can't have and all that all that nonsense, right? So there and and obviously they also came in, came out against the uh, Georgia voting amendments, um, the, the new right. Georgia voting law, which they they changed some things up, which are way more. Uh, in terms of actually expanding mail-in voting and things of that nature, way ahead of the curve in, relative to many of the liberal states, uh, including Delaware, which which they did, they did some dickish moves though. They were like, "Well, you can't like bring your food and water for like people." Well, so that time. so that was that was taken out of context. So what they said was. They they basically banned political organizations from being able to provide food and water. You can obviously there were there was water there, and then within 150 feet, you just couldn't you 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 couldn't hand out food and things of that nature. But uh, that that bit was definitely taken out of context. And you know they also they expanded the number of days you can mail and vote and all that. Right. It's clearly regardless what you think about it, it was, it was clearly a distraction a sideshow like many of these things are right there's, yeah. there's under any single impartial comparison it's what they did is not any more oppressive than what's going on in northeastern states right it's it's much more um yeah pro voter in that case all right so anyway, so coke was against that and meanwhile coke also lobbied to weaken a bill banning u.s firms from relying on chinese forced labor <laughs> so it's wow. this is just a typical ruse. In addition to that, people are also pissed off at them because they are not um they're not basically following through with their promises to reduce its role as the planet's top corporate polluter through its use of plastic balls. So they've they've made all, all these sort of assurances that they would reduce their plastic uh, waste and consistently and they've just consistently not done it. Right. So it's it's just this this, this Ruse, I think a lot of people are sick of. Uh, you're you're sick of it. I'm sick of it. I think a lot of people on both sides of the country are. This fo- insane focus on racial tribalism to divide people. Meanwhile, the corporations, of course, are happy to play ball with this because now no one's focusing yeah. on them, right? And so people have to remember that the Occupy Wall Street movement, yeah. as soon as that sort of became a thing, was when we renewed our obsession with race. Because then the powers that be these corporations much more happy to have it uh, you know put up the uh, BLM sticker on like the Amazon website than they are to actually deal with economic issues and why wages real wages are down for the last 50 years yeah. and why you you know people can't afford homes and rent and inflation's at 11% in, in real inflation terms because the CPI is bullshit if you measure the CPI yeah. the way it used to be measured up until 1980, we're at like 11% inflation, right? So they don't want yeah. you focusing on any of these issues. What they want you to focus on is, is uh, you know, black versus white and inflaming these racial tensions so that no one actually thinks yeah. about the, the class distinctions. Because that's really the main divider is, uh, you know. It's class. Yeah. Class, not race. Definitely, definitely. I agree. And, and, and so, I, the, 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 the initial goal for, for the, the Occupy Wall Street movement was really to focus. It was purely economic. Class. Yep. 
purely economic. It was purely like calling out the, you know, and, and CNN and CNBC and, and all these networks. They hated. They're like, oh my god, how dare you call out these big corporations that are making right. a ton of money? Yeah, yeah. You know, they're getting rich off the, you know, rich off the, the, you know, the basically they our taxpayer money. Right, exactly. All that. Shit. So, and and Obama, Obama, you know, Obama perpetuated all of these things, right. and he let all these people get away with stuff, and he didn't embrace the Occupy Wall Street movement at all. And to some extent, the Black Lives Matter movement. Okay, so the 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 black individuals and people, the the figures that I'm associated with, at least that I know of, mm-hmm. are they do fight wars on class. They don't just do it on race. Right. You know what I mean? It's a little bit of a hybrid. But they definitely focus on class a lot more. So if you listen to somebody like Cornell West, mm-hmm. Cornell West is probably one of the best people to listen to when it comes to focusing on a a combination of race and class war, but definitely focusing on class a lot more than just like, oh, well, you're a racist and you're That's a racist. It. And mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So and because he calls out Obama, you know, he calls out Biden right now. He calls out Kamala Harris. Yeah, he does. So he's, he's pretty very, consistent. Very, very, yeah, he's super consistent from what I experienced. You know, from what things I've have gone so bad that I miss the days. Like, I, I'm happy to return to a conversation where we talk about class. We have debates about tax rates and wealth I know, and yeah, I know. things of that nature. I'm happy, right? Rather than you know, shut up, Whitey. You know, <laughs> shut right. up, you. Yeah. Like, know your place. Yeah. Um, because exactly. there's 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 no way, especially in a, in a place like the United States, where we are not a homogenous nation by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, we're the exact opposite of that. We're the most mixed nation in the world. And so the only thing that keeps this country together, the only thing that binds anyone, is that we are willing to basically accept the laws, accept the Constitution, and then fight about the things we disagree with. But under under the pretext that we already have come to terms on the basic stuff like freedom of speech and the Bill of Rights and uh, unreasonable search and seizures and you know uh, the right against self incrimination the constant right like we have to agree on the basics and that's literally all we got we're yeah. not you know your family both your parents are from Iran I'm assuming they are right okay so yeah. My mother is obviously a, a Persian Jew. My father's from England. My grandpa's from India. Like I have nothing in common ethnically or culturally speaking, right. other than the fact I, I love America and I, I have a, you know similar to the American culture and and all that. I have nothing in common with uh, you know someone from Mississippi whose parents or actually great great grandparents came here, you know from wherever Germany or Africa. Yeah. Right? and the, the, yeah. the only thing that connects us all together. So. If we're just going to play this racial tribal game, no win solution for anything, right. and it's certainly a a no win solution uh, with respect to actually adopting policy, right? That's going to help people out both on both yeah. the right and the left, and so it's sickening. And so, like as we were just discussing, you know, the Occupy Wall Street movement started yeah. off with purely economic aims, and those are conversations that we can actually debate and have, and. Reasonable-minded people can come out with different solutions. Like, would I be? I'm completely in favor of um, parental leave when when they have a child for both uh, the right. the father and a mother. Yeah. I have no problem with that. You know, uh, I would be amenable to maybe a mandatory vacation policy. After, you know, for paid vacation policies over certain yeah for companies of a, of a of a certain size. Absolutely. Um, I'd even be amenable to a minimum wage if we're looking at it not necessarily from a uh, well, not necessarily from a state by state perspective, but even even maybe a corporation size perspective. Like maybe if you're, you know, you have 
few hundred employees, maybe you have to pay 15 bucks an hour. And maybe the the rural grocery store in Alabama can get away with 10. You know, so these are these are all conversations that we can have. But when we just let this divulge into racism, racism, white supremacy, yeah. racism, yeah, yeah, uh, there's there's going to be no solution, and that's what they want. That's that's what the, that's what the uh, corporate power structures, which the left has traditionally been against, right. they're more than happy to do that. Bezos just bought like what like a couple hundred million dollar yacht, you know? So oh my god, he's got a yacht on top of a yacht on top of a yacht, <laughs> yeah, right? So he's yeah. more than happy to uh, you know every every couple months put up a uh, BLM sticker yeah. on his uh, on his website. And uh, you know he can he can ride away on his yacht and have his Washington Post yeah say whatever they whatever he wants. These groups, these I mean, Occupy Wall Street's not doesn't seem like Occupy Wall Street's around anymore. But as far as like Black Lives Matter and all these things, these have all been co-opted by the establishment that Mm -hmm. is kind of aligned with like Netflix deals. That's that's exactly exactly. So like whoever's involved in like the media establishment and the political establishment have co-opted these groups. Right. And then what they can do is like, oh don't attack us. We're involved. We're we're Black Lives Matter. But you don't really care about black lives because you don't want to change the system Mm -hmm. to actually benefit the black lives that are affected by the class war. Of course. And you know and, and this is a big thing with like I don't know. I don't know if this is maybe related to it, but I I want to talk about the January sixth insurrection. Right. Okay. And you know, a lot of that is like, okay, I you know, a lot of those people were regular people that were storming that capital. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people want to be like, oh my god, there are all these white people and all these racists and all these people that are like blah 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 white supremacists. Okay, maybe they are, maybe they are. I really have no idea. I wasn't there, but I support. I, I don't want to say support. But I am okay with those people storming a capital that is that paid by taxpayer money. Mm-hmm. You and my money, you right. and my money are no, paid. See, they, didn't, they, they didn't really destroy objects. They didn't really destroy. Right. This, you know, it, exactly. There was not billions of dollars of damage. Exactly. Nobody. <laughs> like, I mean, one person different. got one person got killed. That was one of the protesters. Yes, it was, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Right. So, but just in the same way that I support the allow, I would allow those people to storm a capital, which I don't. I don't. I can't blame them if they're pissed about something they deserve. Storm a capital that they that is taxpayer funded. I would allow the Black Lives Matter or whoever, whatever group, anarchist group to invade Antifa, whatever. You know, I don't have all that. I, you know, I have a lot of issues with Antifa, but I'm not against Antifa not going in there. I'm not against Black Lives Matter not going in there. I'm not against whatever the Boogaloo Boys not going in there. You know what I mean? I'm what about Douglas? <laughs> right. So I mean, Douglas going there. Anybody, man, anybody. You have to let the. You have to make it. A, it can't just be a zero sum game of just like, okay, don't let anybody go in there. And then when it definitely the people that I hate, I definitely don't want them in there. Like it, you have to make it. You have to allow everybody to to express what they're feeling. And you know, I mean, obviously, you don't want to. You don't want to allow violence. I'm not in favor of violence, of but you have to be consistent in the sense that, like, let's say if that was a Black Lives Matter. Would AOC? What would AOC be saying? AOC oh, yeah, be saying? Yeah, yeah. What would she be saying? I mean, I don't. I really have no idea. She'd probably be like, "Oh my well, she'd god!" She'd be supportive you know. of it. Of course she would. Yeah. Of course she'd yeah. be supportive of it. I, I, I don't think so. I, you know, right. and you know why I say that? Because why is the voice of the unheard? You yeah. know why I say she yeah. wouldn't be? Because anytime there's Black Lives Matter protests, like the ones after George Floyd was killed, was AOC saying it? You know, AOC was probably going out there and condemning, like, "Oh, the condemning of the violence and the condemning of this." Okay, so she, I mean, no, I don't think so. Has she, 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 has she ever said I condemn violence, like in, re, in regards to a? Yeah, uh, let's just put it this way. Let's just let's just put it this way. She has she she stayed moderate on the position. 
mm-hmm. on that position. She doesn't want to condemn it. And she doesn't want to take anything against. It's she loves presence. Yeah, exactly. like 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 with 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 the capital exactly. thing, yeah, capital exactly. Things. And and see, this is the same thing with Biden when it comes to Israel and Palestine. He wants to take a right. moderate position on everything. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to say too much, but I want to say yeah, Israel allows to exist, and then come on, man, that's our peace. Yeah, exactly. So this is this is all the Democrats want to do. They all want to be these milk toast, you know, you know, as I said before, shit libs, and they just want to be in the middle of everything and make everybody happy. And this is this is the issue with like the democrats these days but when it comes to something with the insurrection they just want to get pissed because like oh my god violence oh my god everybody's uh you know white and oh my god everybody is doing this thing that is really really bad and put people in danger but then you're in favor of doing illegal coups of uh, of sovereign nations mm-hmm. so we're, yeah, yeah. you're in so you're in favor of juan guaido going into venezuela and becoming the president over nicolas maduro I mean, so what happened? All of a sudden, you're in favor of a coup there, but you're not in favor of a coup here, you know? And so whatever it affects them, that's what they get upset. Right. But, you know, and that's regardless of what you may think of Venezuela or you know, Bolivia and all these other countries that are, you know, more on the obviously left wing of the spectrum and stuff. Yeah. So. The, um, I would say you, you make a very reasonable point. I, I'm not in favor of basically being able to, to storm the capital for sure being able to protest outside yes yeah, uh, yeah however this thing was blown so out of proportion that it's absolutely disgusting i mean so biden obviously said it was like the worst day since the civil war right so worse than 9-11 apparently uh, <laughs> right, everything yeah, yeah, else yeah. has ever happened to the united states um so just just the the, the fake hysterics are just absolutely disgusting so yeah again yeah remember they were telling us five people died um, well, I go, yeah. So you had two people die of heart attacks. Okay. Right. And they were, they were the, they were the pro Trump, um, protesters. And, you know, I, I haven't seen how they look, but, uh, you know, I, I imagine they may not have been in the best shape, right? Maybe, <laughs> maybe they were, maybe they were elderly. I'm not sure whether profile, I think they were, they were both, um, at least over 50 or something, but all right. Anyways. Okay. So that didn't even count. Okay. So, so two, two people, unfortunately died in heart attack. Okay. It's not a coup. <laughs> okay. And then, <laughs> and then they said, they said that uh, the police officer died as a result of it, which right. he did have a stroke several days later. Yeah. And the only uh, one person got uh, stampeded on another pro Trump person, oh. which is unfortunate. Um, and then the, the only real violence was the uh, Capitol Hill police officer, which we still don't know what his name is. And they're not going to release it. No, no shooting Ashley Babbitt mm-hmm. and which it doesn't even seem to have been justified, but at least, you know, let's look into it furthermore, but they don't want to do that. I think it's, a, yeah, that was a tough one to judge. When I saw it's it, it's I a tough like, one. Oh yeah, for sure. It's a, yeah. it's a tough one and, and it's, it's worth looking into, but they don't want to do that either. So yeah. the, the, the basic point about how absurd it was, how they blew it out of proportion is absolutely correct. It's insane. Yeah. Um, particularly after, months and months and months of rioting and two billion dollars of destruction caused by all those blm protests and all that and 18 people died as a result of those and you know much more chaotic situations um so it's absolutely insane um yeah i mean i i I agree i'm here here's one thing i i should mention that always pisses me off is when people protest in like the middle of a freeway and they prevent everyone from being able to cross i hate that it's like, what, what if someone's pregnant? What if someone needs to see a dying family member? Like, you should be able to protest on the sidewalk like a normal human being, right? Protest outside, protest on the sidewalk. 
the this toleration of being able to protest in little freeways is uh yeah i i just, just makes me sick i, I, I hate it i i mean i hear you but i mean that's this my view on that is that if you're gonna do something you gotta go balls to the wall you know you gotta go all the way you, you could do it on the like, sidewalk no you i understand. Do it on the park so like th- this whole the whole idea behind doing that is to put a stop to whatever is going on yeah. and get people's attention. If you do it on the sidewalk, yeah, you're not going to get. The, if you go on, if you do it on the sidewalk, you're not going to get a lot of people's attention. Yeah. You have to. It's it's an attempt That's to put a stop. Yeah, yeah and it's and it's a it's a way to put a stop to whatever is going on and get attention to what you're doing. So whatever your cause is, whatever three Palestine. The, the easiest way to get attention is is uh you know getting uh. One of the Kardashians to uh, to to do an ad for your cause. Yeah, unfortunately, that's true. That's way better than blocking a freeway. Just call up Chloe. Yeah, yeah. you know, tell you know exactly. Tell them there'll be a few NBA players there, and uh, you know, she'll she'll vouch for anything. Yeah, no, but seriously, bro, I'm. It's this the, all this protesting stuff. It needs to be. It needs to be consistent. You can't say, Absolutely. oh, I don't like that, when Antifa does it. Ground. I don't mm-hmm. like it when Antifa does it. I don't like it when the, you know, I don't know, the little boys, whatever. I don't know what white supremacist groups are out there. I, don't, I can't keep track. Um, but you, they do it. The Antifa does it. Black Lives Matter does it. Who cares? Just let everybody protest. Stop trying to like, and then, you know, when I was, because we had a protest right here, right near where I live, and there was like, there was riot cops. No riots happened, though, but there had riot police here. And, you know, it's like, did, I mean, maybe a riot would happen, would have happened. I don't know. But they look at it in a sense like, no, we have to police and, you know, control everybody to make sure nothing happens. Mm-hmm. And then what do you, and then you wonder why everybody doesn't like the cops. You know, you wonder right. why everybody pushes for abolish the police, defund the police, all that stuff. And, and when it comes to defund the police, by the way, I, I support it because I support the, the moving of funds that's given to the police to militarize them to be given more to the communities so that the communities can self-police themselves. So it's like, it's kind of re it's like renegotiating those funds so that you have more community. Who are the communities higher? Well, that's the thing. So like a lot of times back in the day, they would do, I think, I think it was like more, it was pretty popular in the nineties where they would have like uh, neighborhood watches, for example, okay. you know? So instead of just relying on cops coming to wherever, Compton or some, you know, Detroit, Michigan, some, you know, yeah. really kind of poor area where there's yeah. a lot of, you know, more African American population. Instead of letting them go in there, let them police themselves and then decide what they want to do. Instead of bringing a cop in there, so then the cop shoots this person because they have a knife or this or that. I, you know, it never, it never resulted in anything good. And I mean, look at George Floyd. George Floyd was killed because he tried to pay with like a fake twenty or mm-hmm. something. And then what's the name? Eric Garner got choked out in New York because he was yeah. selling cigarettes. Like, who cares? Yeah. Like, you're addressing a situation that's not even like, oh my god, everybody's life is on the line because the guy's trying to sell loose cigarettes. I yeah, mean, the the the, the, um, the one with with uh, was it Garner? Right? Yeah, Eric Garner. Yeah, that was disgusting. Sure I can't so, it, yeah. uh, I don't know if you you saw my discussion with Gabby in my last podcast, but I was saying that um, traditionally the the one area I had most sympathy with the left on was in regards to policing, because I always felt that, particularly coming from the background I do, where I have family members who are, say, uh, you know, uh, involved in policing in Europe and yeah. and coming from a very international family, I, it was very apparent to me that certain cops, much more than 
we would like are too quick to escalate situations that don't need to be escalated. However, I think it went too far with with the whole abolish the police and defund the police that my my solution would always be basically keep funding or if or if necessary increase in certain areas but make sure these people are trained make sure that you have you have some individuals maybe you know maybe some individuals could be perfectly trained to handle domestic abuse calls right right maybe maybe so maybe you have some people in the department who they are assigned to certain sorts of acts. I'm yeah, not sure how that exactly. works logistically. Yeah, but it, it is it is kind of funny that we expect uh, cops also be psychologists sometimes. It's like you yeah, know, no. like you're trying to you know, and and then on top of that, there's also the escalation of force issue, which is you know, there don't there seems to be quite a few cops, not the majority, but again, more than we would like, who aren't trained de escalation. The way, say, an FBI bomb negotiator is right. Like, if we could train the FBI bomb negotiators to to do what they do, then we should be able to train all the cops as well, right? To be able to de-escalate, speak speak clearly, you know, not not be uh, jump at the at the first move of your hand. I actually think the, the yeah. most disgusting, and this is this is what what makes me sick about Black Lives Matter. In addition to other things, do you remember that guy in Arizona? And I'll, I'll I'll put it in the in the show notes to give uh, people a reminder. Do you remember that guy in Arizona who was made to crawl on the floor, and then that the cop executed him? Maybe, maybe. You remember this? I'll I'll pull it up. The that was to me one of the most heinous acts I've ever seen of any police officer. Yeah. And the guy the guy didn't even commit any uh, any infraction or anything wrong. Someone called. Yeah. They said he had a gun in the hotel room and it was like right. a BB gun, and. The cop made him crawl on the floor, and the guy goes to pull his pants up, and then he just executes him. Right. It's it's that, and yeah. Black Lives Matter has nothing to say about that. And that was one of the most heinous things I've ever seen in my life. Well, um, yeah, that, I mean, that was up there with the George Floyd in terms of like that was disgusting. But even with even with Floyd, that situation would have been over. Obviously, I'm not you know. Let, let's not be mistaken. Darren Shulman's a scumbag and all that, yeah. but that situation could have been over, and it was attempted to be over. Before Chauvin came, when they put him in the police car, and then he was obviously he was incredibly high on um, was it fentanyl, and and then he 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 basically forced his way out of the police car, and there was a scuffle and this and that, and that that situation would have been over if he was in a stable uh, yeah. stable frame of mind and was willing to play ball. the The Arizona situation was even more sickening because that guy was trying to comply, and then he just got yeah. he got executed, and. Also yeah. went against the police guidelines that he's supposed to crawl. You're not supposed to. You're not supposed to make someone crawl. You're supposed to go up to them. All, yeah. sorts, of, all sorts of shit like that, which which pisses me off. So, I, I understand. I understand what you mean. I think I handled it a slightly different way. Um, but yeah. anyways, is there uh, real quick? Is there anything else uh, you want you wanted to mention? Yeah, I just wanted to clarify as far as um, I, I think the the correct word I was looking for when it came to the issue of like the police funding, I, I was going to say reallocate. So reallocating those oh. funds. Like here's, and you said, you know, better for like people that are like, you know, you know, 
calming down the issue. Right. Don't come up, you know, start pull your gun out. You know, just kind of bring it, you know, be very calm. Don't be so trigger happy, you know, kind of uh, manage the situation a lot better. Yeah. Like I think that kind of training need, definitely needs to be put into that. Yeah. And it's going to take real reallocating of funds instead of just allowing all these cops to have, you know, bulletproof vests and then uh, tanks and, uh, you know, I don't know, whatever uh, automatic gun, automatic, uh, you know, um, AR-15s and all, you know, whatever, all these different kinds of, you know, artillery and uh, this, you know, just being armed to the teeth for what? For a situation that doesn't need it. Mm -hmm. You know, that's that's my only issue. Right. But I, you know, and the reason why a lot of people say abolish the police is because they want to go a step forward so that you, you kind of create that furthest position. Yeah, and then right. you kind of find like a moderate yeah. position, you know, yeah. you know what I mean? That's just a, that's kind of the way. Yeah, I, 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 I know that that has, uh, that's definitely a strategy. Some people, I just, I think, yeah. because I think yeah. Yeah. one, one, um, we should probably end on this note is that yeah. how both, how promising it is that you and I come to the same conclusions on so many other on so many things when we right. approach them from two different sides yeah. and i think it's very promising for our own political discourse uh it's, it's amazing what you can accomplish when you don't call each other racists or all yeah, that you just right? talk you just talk and you just you just talk and yeah. someone from from you know who's very conservative on certain issues and someone who's very um traditionally left-wing on other issues yeah. can actually find a lot of common ground so that's very promising and i, I hope the audience sees that and that oh this can sort of be replicated. It's also a sign of how troubling it is that you and I come to so many conclusions because it really shows you how out of touch our own politicians is and the own, our own power structures in this country. Media. Look at the that, fucking media. Jesus uh, Christ. Yeah, exactly. That oh. that people like us have so much in common, but then it's reflected not by, not one iota, right, yeah. in terms of uh, the – cable news discourse exactly and, and i actually think you know i would ex i like tucker I, th I would exclude him i think he he is someone so one of my favorite segments is when tucker has uh, glenn greedwald on and yeah. you see how much how much he's alignment brought, there is on so many of the issues he's, brought, really jimmy he's brought jimmy Dore on and jimmy Dore. he's brought yeah. jimmy Dore on as well and they've agreed on a lot of stuff and that really goes to show you how out of touch our political parties are how out of touch our uh, corporate power centers are how out of touch the media is how out of touch all the uh yeah. various authorities in all aspects of life are yeah. trying to get us to hate each other when actually there's a considerable overlap on so many things. Yeah. And, and Liz, I just want to point out that I've come full circle when it comes to politics. Um, I was always like an MSNBC watching CNN mm -hmm. watching. I love Keith Olbermann and Rachel Maddow and all these people back when <laughs> the worst. And this he's was the worst. Yeah. He's yeah. terrible right now. I can't he's stand him. He's worst, crazy. Yeah. But he was railing against George W. Bush right, on legitimate right. issues. Right. He was calling him out. He was calling out Hillary Clinton at one time. Right. But then all of a sudden he became like a sycophant for like the Democratic yeah. Party. He's not mentally stable, that one. Yeah. No, he's not. Yeah, he's, he's not. not and so I've come full circle. I know exactly how it is to be in that bubble, yeah. that Democratic Party liberal lib bubble. And now I'm just like, I don't even want to have anything to do with that. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people that are the same exact way as Right, me. right. Tons of people. So, and I'm very, very happy I'm not alone. Yeah, well, that's something promising. You know? that there's, there's yeah. quite a few people like that. So, uh, anyway, tell, tell the audience where they can find you. Yeah. So, if you guys want to find me, just, uh, just go to my Twitter. It's uh, left underscore blacksmith, and same thing with Instagram and um, YouTube. All those, uh, all those different platforms. Um, that's, that's basically where you can find me. Great, man. Well, it was a great discussion, and uh, we'll have to do it again sometime, man. Yeah, absolutely. All right, bye.
If you enjoyed our show, please click subscribe to stay up to date with our YouTube channel and podcast. And give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts so that we can keep delivering guys some great content. Thanks again, and we will be back next week. Oh, man. And probably sex robots. We stand for a free and open debate and exchange of ideas. And if you disagree with anything we talk about, you are a racist and no better than Hitler. What? Let's get started.